Hello and welcome to USTS, the Ultimate Sports Training Show. I'll be your host for today's show, Bob Lemire. And joining me on today's show, Taekwondo martial artist, master, uh, and professional golfer. Uh, God only knows what else he's doing. Uh, Mr. Bob Jacobs, welcome, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, <clears throat> not a professional golfer, but a golf professional. What oh, difference? Prof golf professional. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, a golf professional. Uh, still, uh, a golf professional is that's uh that's that's something that you know and, and as i as we were just talking with gary um there's a billions of people in this in this uh in this world and i don't think there's a handful of golf professionals that are grand uh, that are masters in taekwondo imagine that that combination i you know i uh, i think there's a lot of professional athletes that become uh golf uh, well professional golfers but also get enter into the golf profession and become right. golf professionals right and um, it's I think it the sports aspect of it is uh, is a is something that they feed on and they need right. that as you get older your your body says to you hey I think it's time to do something a little bit different that you know, your body can handle and you have the desire to uh, compete uh, professionally or compete on an amateur level with golf so you enter into golf you learn your golf swing and you try to get uh, very proficient with that and I think <clears throat> that when uh, you reach certain levels then you, you make a determination as to where your ability goes and and what you can do with the knowledge and the athleticism that you have. Right. And I think that for me, uh, I tried uh, a lot of amateur events when I was younger and I competed with that and I competed in the section uh, events and that and I played some of the PGA uh, match play tournaments and uh, in Port St. Lucie with that were run by the PGA of America. And, uh, you know, and I, I got to compete with uh, right, and right. play with a lot of uh, very uh, proficient and professional golfers. Right, right, but yeah. I also uh, got a, a good realization as to where my abilities were. And I found myself as a better coach than a, a okay. better player. Yeah, yeah. And I, because of starting late. You started fairly late. Yeah, I started extremely late. Right. I uh, didn't really uh, begin golf until I started to settle down from Taekwondo. Right, right, right yeah. And, and what a transition. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, Taekwondo was, was a transition, I think, uh, well, not a, a point in my life that really, uh, that really inspired me to do a lot of things. Right. And, uh, confidence. The confidence that Grandmaster Lee, yeah. I'm Grandmaster Lee, the yeah. great Mu Young uh, Lee, uh, God rest his soul. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when we both started out in the dojang, right. what, what people would call the gym and that, I think uh, you and I started in uh, in the Lowell uh, dojang. 1972, yeah. three. So look at 50 years ago. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not that old, but I mean. <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I don't see my age. No, uh, no, so. you don't feel it either. No. I mean, you know what? And, and by all the training we did, yeah, your body in the good years got stronger. And now, even now, uh, you, we're not training the same as we used to. Uh, your golf, I'll bet you you're doing some walking and you're doing some swinging. You're doing, you don't realize what you're doing. But I, I can do, I, I do think, when I, actually, I, uh, I uh, was able to uh, 
enhance my training and learning ability with golf based on my discipline that I acquired from Taekwondo. Right, right. And uh, going back to the Taekwondo days, uh, you know, we, we built a lot of uh, uh, core strength. You got, uh, you got tenacious. You, it, it, some of the tenets of Taekwondo were uh, very helpful in, the, in my uh, spiritual growth and also my uh, physical growth right, in that. Right, yep. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, being uh, tenacious, t- using tenacity as as one of the tenets. Not giving up. But it was, Not giving up. That was the thing. Yeah. And you know, we, we used to have uh, classes it, in, in, in Connecticut, because we'd drive to Connecticut together. Right. Uh, Grand Master Lee had a school down there. And on a Saturday, we'd drive two hours down there. Uh, I remember it'd be 95 degrees out. He had no air conditioning. He'd maybe keep the one door open in the back uh, and have a two-hour class and destroy us. Remember, he would just, he denies it because I tell him about it, he denies it. But I remember those days. And if you could live through one of his classes, and all his classes were the same, but in that heat and stuff, uh, everything else is kind of. I, I think the, what's more, what was worse than Connecticut was uh, in Lawrence, Massachusetts on Essex Street. <laughs> Not in the McQuaid building, but he had an older building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in the middle of the summer, it would be 100 degrees out and it closed the windows. Too bad. And. Uh, <laughs> And we'd be working out yeah. inside with no that's, ventilation. That's old school. And no water. You have water right. when he tells you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of changed their ways. But that's, um, that's uh, a, a Korean. No, and he was in the Korean Army. Uh, he was uh, I, what is he, a drill sergeant. I don't know what he was. They, they just had no uh, uh, sympathy, is a good word, for your, you, what was happening to you during your workout. It's only going to get you stronger. Yeah, the Korean the Korean way was to build uh, resistance and um, that mental fortitude that you're going to have to be a warrior. And uh, people don't understand that. You know, now today when people go into a uh, into a dojang or a gym, you know, it's uh, it might be time for a cupcake or a a little cup of tea or something like that in between the workout. You got to keep you got to keep them happy (laughs) or you lose money. It it turned into a money thing because or you lose your. Well, he wasn't interested in the money either. No, no, that's what it was. It was a total different world. Right. And and by that, um, anything you do in your life after training that hard that many years i mean many years we trained together um it seems like boy i i think i've done as that's about as hard of a physical thing you can do and it's not just physical it was mental because you had to go and you've exhausted sometimes too bad just work out you come to class and and yeah one of the uh one of the things that drove you to go to the class was that you're camaraderie with the other guys yeah, yeah. that you worked out with you knew that they were going every day you didn't want them to get a step ahead of you no. and you know every day you learned something so that yeah. was the competition and the uh, competitive yeah. edge that golf is like oh, this is just like what i was doing but in a whole different you know a little slower a little more concentration but yeah the the, the training that we did um I, you know the coordination and the muscles and everything that had to work together all the time had to help you with the golf you know it uh absolutely um when when looking back i know that the balance and the core strength that i developed from taekwondo helped me uh with my golf swing and it helps and it's with me today and when people look at my golf swing when people look at uh the way that i hit the ball at my age they wonder where my strength comes from 
And my strength is through uh, a combination of technique and core balance and strength that I've, uh, that I've developed over the course of my life. You know, and that, and that goes back to, uh, to how do we train a youngster into developing into a good golfer? And that's another thing that I've, uh, I've given a lot of thought to. And uh, what I found is that when you take the development of a youngster, you want to develop him uh, through a, a lot of core exercises. Taekwondo is perfect for that because it's very rounded in the way it teaches people to uh, for that athleticism and that balance. Do you, do you advise little I will advise them to do uh, martial arts, to, martial arts taekwondo. taekwondo, but soccer, anything, uh, football, anything, but not to to be repetitive to the same thing right. over and over right. again. As uh, in their developmental ages, when they're eight years old, seven years old, and that stuff, some parents bring their children in, and they want nothing but to give them a golf swing, and they don't do anything but. 100% of the time, it's golf, and they, and they dump them on the, the golf instructor, the coach, or whatever, and they say, okay, you have my kid all day long. I just want him to do golf. That, that kid doesn't develop like the youngster who gets out and becomes more rounded in, in his uh, athletic ability. Has some fun. Have some fun. Yeah. And uh, we found that the ones that really succeed and get very good are the ones that actually had done a lot of different sports right. prior to golf. And they did, uh, they did, uh, I went to a, uh, to a coaching uh, summit and we had, uh, we had a person who did, who was uh, teaching a lot of high schoolers. And he uh, did a study on that, and he found that children that did do a lot of rounded ex uh, sports, a lot of different sports prior to their um, mid-teens, developed better in golf right, right. and had a more of a potential of becoming a golf professional or a uh, collegiate golfer right. than the ones that didn't. Right. You know, but you have the abnormality of the Tiger Woods, where his father took him at a very young age, and they gave him nothing but golf. But then you got to ask yourself, well, what happened to him physically? You See, know? That's what I'm saying. You think all that is is what killed him right now? Is it, it blew his it's, back out? It's possible. It's we possible. don't know. And yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I mean, mean, your back constantly going in that same direction, and even though. And, and do you just go the opposite direction as much as you can to, to balance that out? You do. Yeah, uh, yeah there's, a, there's a variety of different training techniques right, that, right. Uh, that you, uh, you learn over the years. Right. I was very fortunate that, uh, that after my Taekwondo uh, days, I, uh, I joined a golf club. And I, just, I, I didn't know how to hit the golf ball or anything like that. But I said, I'm going to just join a golf club and have some fun. Have some and, fun. Yeah. and uh, so... Uh, this, uh, they had this uh, event called a uh, pro member. Right. And I got, I got, um, and I got a, a professional right. picked, it was gonna be my playing partner that was an old timer. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, oh God, what, what do I got? Right. I got this guy by the name of Bill Esnicki. I had no idea who he was. And I look at him, he's got uh, suede shoes on, and uh, he's all dapper yeah, yeah. and decked out and that stuff. And he's in his early 60s. Yeah. And, and I was old in those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just and, a kid right now. <laughs> and so I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, this, this guy, and I'm saying, oh, God, you know. And so we played, and it was a very hot day, and, uh, and 
he shot, I think, like maybe 70 or something like that, and I might have shot 100. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I persevered through my round of golf, and at the end of the round of golf, we sat down and we had a couple of beers together, and uh, we started talking. And he wanted to teach me, and he gave me his card, and right. he says, why don't you come down and visit me? Um, uh, he's, he was the pro, uh, teaching pro at the International in Bolton, Mass. And I said, uh, you know, I'll come down. All right. So I gave him a call and I came down. And that first lesson was about four hours long. I remember that. And then after, after the uh, session, he, uh, he says to me, oh, and I said, how much are you? He said, no, no, no. He says, uh, nothing. I said, what do you mean? I said, he says, don't worry about it. He says, I, he says, give me another call and just come back. So uh, I didn't call him. And, uh, and I waited a few weeks. And, and after, uh, after a few weeks, I get a phone call, and it's Bill as Nicky. And he says, uh, hey, uh, what's the matter? You didn't like the lesson? Wow. wow. And I, <laughs> I like this guy already. Yeah. But I, said, uh, I said, no, no, no. I said, uh, I, I said it was fantastic. And I, and I had taken some lessons from a variety of different all right. professionals, local ones, right, yeah. and I didn't get any satisfaction or anything like that. And I said, no, I, I don't want to impose on you. And he looked at me and he says, uh, he says, you're not imposing on me. He says, I make a decision as to who I want to teach. Right, right. And he says, and I want you to come back. So we started from that day uh, to uh, a friendship. And uh, I also uh, protégéed under him, and I put in relentless hours of repetitive uh, uh, practice with right, him. Right. I hit more golf balls with him that people would hit in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And our sessions would last anywhere from three to six hours. Now, and uh, after like a three or six hours, I mean, that, that's uncomprehensible for me. Uh, are you, an, you must be like, thank God for the Taekwondo training over the years, but, but that, that seems like your top of your body, the upper part of your body would be like drained. I, I would be sore. <laughs> I, I would be sore, but, yeah. but I said I will, I will accept everything that this guy wants okay. to dish out at me. Yeah. And I, eventually I would come with extra gloves in my back pocket, Band-Aids in my back wow. pocket. We, didn't, uh, we did not stop. It was a young Lee moment. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. went, you've had one of the greatest <laughs> and the other greatest. God was good to you. I'm telling you right now, good for well, you. He would not, he would not allow, uh, he would not stop for water. So, I mean, uh, that he would stand over me, and we would wow. just hit one ball after another, and it would be the same repetitive shot every single time. So it wasn't like, oh, you're yeah, going to yeah. go through your golf bag, and you're going to hit the 9989. Yeah. Nine, nine. No, 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 no. I had a sand iron, and, I would, and that's all I hit was that sand iron for four or five hours and that stuff. Wow. And, and, uh, oh, my God. And, and so... That was, and then we do we do uh, drills, and every time that we had a session, we had a different drill, and so I have a uh, I have a repertoire of uh, of different practice sessions. I used to take notes, and he always yeah, used yeah. to say to me, "Well, you better write it down, write it down." Yeah. And I have notes that I look back at that are just uh, that's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's like. Uh, uh, it's like reminiscing in an yeah. old book and, oh, yeah. and just and it brings a smile to you because you remember the session that you went through. You remember the results that you got yeah. from, those, yeah. uh, from, the, uh, yeah. from those lessons. But his background is, is not like he's just a regular golf teacher. He, he was an athlete. 
he was a person that came from uh, from Canada, and uh, he had uh, he had uh, he was a hockey player. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and he also was a golfer. As yeah. as a youngster, he right, played yeah. golf in the summer. He played hockey in the winter. And I asked him. I says, I, "You became an NHL three time Stanley Cup hockey player, right?" Yeah. And I says, a professional hockey player. And then you went on the PGA Tour after that. I says, but your passion was the PGA Tour. Why didn't you go with the, uh, the golf? Right, yeah. He says, well, when we were young, our parents directed us as to which way we were going to go. And he says, and they moved me towards hockey. And he says, the next thing I know, I'm playing in the NHL. Wow. And he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He won three Stanley Cups with them. Wow. And he got released from the uh, New York Rangers because uh, he, was in a, uh, uh, he was in a Stanley Cup playoff. And that afternoon, he played, that day, he played 36 holes of golf. And they found out about it. So they released him at the end of that season. And then he went on to the PGA Tour. So he played with the likes of, uh, of Ben Hogan and, wow. and uh, those people there. And yeah. so... I asked him, I says, uh, I said, well, how did you develop your golfing technique? You know, and he says, well, back then, he says, people didn't teach you. He says, what you did is you observed from the people that were winning. And he says, and that's how you learned the golf swing. He says, and you would always observe the winners and say, what are they doing really good? And he says, you try to emulate them. And so he became very good friends with Ben Hogan and, uh, a lot of his uh, his style in his golf swing was a lot of the Ben Hogan right, uh, right, philosophy yeah. in golf swing. Oh. And so I was very uh, fortunate that I got to uh, learn and develop my golf swing from a person That's who like, had uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, an incredible amount of athleticism yeah. and he had uh, – good eyes as far as uh as being able to build a golf swing and that stuff but he also was a person that had the tenacity to practice relentlessly right. and he would do so to the point where he'd wear himself out and so when he picked somebody to uh to protege under him right. Right. he would expect them to yeah, have the like, same uh yeah. the same type of uh training uh well, he must have known you must when you talk to him after those first two beers you must have mentioned the martial arts attack. He must have said, "All right." I no, 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 no. That did not. It never, it never occurred that uh, that didn't he knew come, he had a tough kid. No, he, that didn't come till later. Later on, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. but uh, but I also uh, I didn't realize how tough he was. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, is so, he still with us? But, uh, no, he's not. No, he passed away. But uh, he, uh, but he was uh, his nickname on the uh, NH in the NHL was called Wild Bill. And uh, he had uh, he had a reputation for fighting, and he was a small guy. He was a hundred fifty. That's, that's beautiful. He was yeah. he was one of the toughest guys in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has uh, they. I mean, you can look him up on. I will. The, uh, I will. I'll, I'll and, Google uh, him. Yeah. And you read him, and that's, that's funny. I think he also has the record for the most penalty minutes in a play in a uh, uh, Hollist. Uh, Hall of Fame game, and that's <laughs> not what, a Hall of Fame, a Hall All Star game. And that's that's what I imagine, and that's uh, <laughs> that's what off the helmets I would imagine. No helmets, no, no helmets no, at no, the time. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. He, had, he had a lot of ba- battle scars, so uh, he actually adapted his uh, his swing to compensate for a bad tendon that he had in his uh, in his um, left 
uh, thumb. So he couldn't use his left thumb. And uh, if you take your left thumb off the uh, off the shaft of the, when holding on to right. uh, uh, yeah. to a golf club with, yeah. as a right-handed golfer, you right. find out it's very difficult to do. Right. Yeah, you gotta and hold it tight. No, so right. he would he would grip it and not uh, not use his thumb at all. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, it was pretty pretty Jesus, unique. That's, that's why. But uh, I think. And he used to poke me all the time, you know. So, like, if I was doing something wrong, he'd take the butt end of the <laughs> like club. Like Mr. And... <laughs> Leewood, well, Jacob's. Fuck Jacob's, what? Yeah, so I, I actually ended up uh, with a, uh, with a, in a parallel universe of two different teachers. That's, that, uh, that's in two different. See, that's what I'm uh, saying. That's, that is wild. And they're both up there watching this uh, podcast going, that's not how it was. Bob Jacobson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. That's, that's excellent. Did, did you ever think of writing uh, memoirs or anything? I mean, you, you yeah, have some I, uh, imaginative stories you could tell. I have, uh, yeah, I have some, uh, I, I have a, a, a unique uh, style of teaching yeah. that I can uh, bring on to all different levels. And uh, if somebody comes to me and, and they're looking for a golf correction, then I can do that without making any major changes in their golf swing and that. But if somebody comes and wants to reconstruct their golf swing, I have the ability to be able to build and reconstruct the golf swing. Right. So, I mean, I've been, uh, I, I've taken and I've studied uh, a lot of videos of, uh, of the professional golfers. I look in and you say, well, what is, what is uh, in common of all these golfers? What do they do that... That is uh, that everybody. What do they do that's in common to each other, right? right that we should be doing in that stuff, and then try to break everything down. But what uh, what my mentor did was he uh, he gave me the uh, the ability to 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 build different, you know, to look at somebody's body when they're swinging a golf club, and being able to. Uh, see how their body is working right. when they're swinging their golf clubs. Look and see their weaknesses. See right. their um, uh, where they're unbalanced, where they're weak, uh, where their core strength lacks. Uh, I, I can I can look at somebody swinging a golf club, and walking up to them on on the lesson tee, almost have uh, the complete diagnosis of. Uh, of what I'm dealing with and what I have to do to uh, to build a golf swing. You see someone with, say, you know, core, they they don't have the core or they don't have the unbalance. It's not always the swing. You got to teach, what do you have them do? Exercises? Yeah, do this certain exercise every day or do, you know, that stretch every day. Is that Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can take, I'll take and have people move their lower body a certain way. And I'll show them a, a specific exercise. It's not too, uh, not too um, difficult to do, right. but do it. But do it, okay. and yeah, I can tell if they do it. I have some students that will actually do it, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I'll say, look in the mirror and do this repetitively right. ten times a day, or do it thirty times and and do uh, three reps of ten, right. and. Uh, and you can see that uh, see the development from that, right, you know, right. and uh, it, like holding a holding a golf club, showing somebody how to hold a golf club is uh, you know is basically you could do that in your living room. You can right. take the handle of the golf club. Once you learn the proper uh, pressure points in your uh, in your hand, then uh, take the grip, grip it, and practice gripping the golf club in your living room. And then 
take it on to your instructor and he'll correct it again. Right, right, yeah. You know, uh, I think uh, the majority of the golfers that we see today are, uh, they have a bad golf grip. And they want to improve their golf swing, but one of the, uh, one of the major things that they don't want to discipline themselves with is being able to hold on to the handle. And that's where the connection is to your body. So it starts with the hands, and, and it works its way down to your feet. What's, what's, now, I'm hearing there's golf colleges down in Florida or wherever, probably all over. What's with that? What's with the golf colleges? <clears throat> it's a, you know, uh, everybody's looking to make a dollar. It's, right. a, it's uh, the, golfing, the golfing industry is billions of dollars, yeah. billions and billions of right, dollars. Right. And uh, everybody wants a piece of that so that... Uh, you know, if we can, uh, you know, convince people to become teachers, and and uh, I don't know of any easy road to be a teacher. You know, it'd be right. uh, somebody like uh, Lee Trevino says, well, you know, I'll never take a uh, a lesson from somebody that can't beat me. Well, then again, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, was being coached by a person that uh, that uh, never boxed. You Imagine. know, Imagine. so uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think the uh, I think. The eyes of a person uh, are very important. His knowledge is very important, and you don't get you don't get those eyes, and you don't get that knowledge unless you understand it, and then right. you can feel it. Right. And I think that uh, that a person really needs to develop a certain amount of feeling uh, with their golf swing to be able to instill that feeling onto somebody else. If you understand um, what it feels like to hit a, go a golf ball. Then you can you can teach somebody how to hit uh, right. get that feeling, right, right. but if you don't have any idea how it feels, right. and a confidence in yourself, and, and yeah, like you say, tenacity to train and stuff. Do, one question, because things coming in my head, and I don't want to forget them because there's so much I could ask you. But do you still make all your golf own golf clubs? No, 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 no. no you no. used to. No, I'm no. on. Uh, <laughs> I used to make golf clubs. Man, what the heck? <laughs> I, uh, but I do. I do. Uh, I used to do a lot of uh, repair work. I used to tweak. Uh, Golf clubs for right. uh, for a lot of people, yeah, so yeah. Uh, that, you know, yeah. bend them, grind them, yeah. and uh, and uh, customize the golf clubs for uh, players for and that stuff. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was very fortunate that I worked at Nashotta Country Club, and we had the Champions Tour there. And uh, and when the uh, when the tour vans left on the uh, during the week, then uh, the tour players would come to me and get uh, a little tweaking on their golf clubs or any type right. of repair wow. and stuff like that. So wow, I, that I, must have been wild. Some of the people who you've met. I have met a lot of uh, very oh, yeah. interesting uh, oh, yeah. golfers, just... a, very pro uh, a lot of proficient golfers, right. uh, yeah. and I've, I've had the opportunity to play with a few, and, right. and right. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a different level, and, uh, you know, it's, it'd be like going in a ring with a professional boxer, and, and you're uh, an amateur, you know? Now, do you find yourself, because um, I could, you know, you're watching them, and all of a sudden they're just doing these things. But you, you have confidence in yourself. Is it just you and the ball at that point and just say, well, what, this is how I play, and they're going to have to, we'll see how, how it works. I mean. You and the ball, I think it's you and the golf course. Yeah, uh, you're, course playing, yeah. you're playing against the golf the course. The golf course, yeah. And uh, so every time, that, every time you tee it up, it's, uh, it's, it's nobody's fault but your own. Okay. And, you know, I, you also have to have a very calm mind uh, to play really good golf 
you can't be worried about uh, you know the traffic that you encountered coming up to the first tee, or you don't like uh, Mr. Jones that's in your group because uh, you know the no, way he talks yeah. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So you you have to take yeah. you have to take the environment and you have to make it part of you and um, or make yourself um, block it out, right. block out the interference. Right. You know, it, I think it would be more so interference. I think uh, Ben Hogan said it right. He says that if you can hear the flapping of the butterfly in the other fairway, then you're not concentrating. There you go. Well, I, I remember the story like Tiger's Woods' father would throw clubs on the ground as he was swinging as just a little kid. And when he'd get all frustrated, he says, well, if you can't hear that, how are you going to handle Tor and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's it, it's got to be true. Well, I've, you know? I've, yeah, that's funny with people throwing clubs and and showing uh, showing their frustration. And I had one guy who tossed the club, and and I and I actually stopped and I looked at him and I says, uh, I says, did you really think that you could execute that shot? <laughs> and he looked at me puzzled, right? Yeah, you you always had a. Uh a good comeback for a lot of that, you know, in, in, in the calm manner, as I remember. It's funny because we, we were training together for, God, um, I don't know, I would say 20-something years or whatever, maybe. And I think in the, was it maybe in the 80s we stopped? or the 80s, yeah. Sometime in the 80s. It's like over 30 years ago. And we, I, I don't think I've seen you in a hand, maybe a handful of times. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I we, mean, we both, you went to your way, I went mine, and it, it, we had families and grandchildren, and everything just happened. Uh, but I always tell everybody about that, uh, about, you know, I, I know uh, a golf pro um, and uh, a Taekwondo master, and it's like uh, the both of them, it just, it, it to me, it, it just flo always floored me that uh, one right into the other. And, and, and if Grandmaster, Lee, but now were you a pro? When Grandmaster Lee was alive. Yes. Yes. I, I Did you get to golf with him as, as a pro when he was alive? Uh, I would set him up uh, golfing. Uh, yeah. I think we golfed. Uh, matter of fact, I think we only played a few holes together. I, I was That's always it. so busy, yeah. Yeah. and but I uh, I would make it a point to invite him up to uh, come up to one of the clubs where I was a director yeah, yeah. and uh, to have him come down as my guest. He did pretty play. well for a guy who started when he was probably in his 50s. He was actually hit the ball pretty good, yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, and he hit the ball pretty long for... Yeah. Uh, good backswing, good yeah. follow through, yeah. hip, hip. And it was, it was funny because, you know, I think he, uh, he developed a super passion to golf. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Every time I'd have a test on in, uh, in uh, Pelham, oh, uh, can we go golf? <laughs> and I said, Mr. Lee, after they're having a party, and okay, I'm going to take your wife to... to uh, Pine Valley, and we're going to play nine holes. You would take Diane. And well, we did. We did play once with uh, Young Lee, and then we were in the same group together, and we finished in the dock on the last hole, and you couldn't see the putt. You, you, me. Yeah. You, me, Joe, and, and Mr. And Lee. Mr. Lee. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember that. Yeah. And we putted. And we, we putted the ball the, on the green in the dock, and yeah. you couldn't see the ball no, rolling on right. the green. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but at that point, you were a pro. You were just. You were no. kind of just in the not beginning, but you've no. already played a few years yeah, with Joe Tropiano. I was just getting involved, and in, I didn't get involved in the PGA until uh, until my early forties. Right, right. Which is when you looked at the people that were 
entering into the business, they were all young 20-year-old oh, yeah. people and that yeah. stuff. So you were, look, you were looked at as one of the old-timers, right. you know. Right. And, they, and it's a good old boy network. They don't... Uh, they don't invite you in that easily, so you have to earn it, yeah. and it yeah. takes a, a little bit of time, you know. And, it, and it's too bad because uh, I don't have that disrespect to anybody. I think that anybody that wants to learn something or change their life and do something different, embrace it and help them. But uh, in this world, I think there's a lot of people that look at that as uh, a threat, and uh, and I, I think in. It, what I saw in my younger days is that a lot of the people in the golf profession were looking at you as a threat, yeah. and they wouldn't let you they wouldn't let you in that easily. And and I had <clears throat> I had moved down into Florida in the winter season uh, to get the experience that I needed, uh, and um, and I remember going through the pounding on the doors in Florida to get into a facility so I could uh, so I could get the experience and everything and uh, they wouldn't let me in and but uh, but I persevered through that and pounded on the door so much that uh, I had one particular I had one particular club that I wanted to get into and uh, to work and uh, the guy wouldn't return my phone calls. And I started calling him once every two weeks. And I called him once a week. And then I was calling him once a day. <laughs> then I Tenacity. Then I called <laughs> wait. Then I called him. Then I called him every fifteen minutes. Right? And he finally picked up the phone and yeah. he said, I know who you are. And, and he says, come on down. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, why not? And then you then And I got the job. Yeah. So and and that job that opened the door. I knew that, that if I got into the right facility, I would meet a lot of good people. Right. And, and that's what You're I did. You're in the environment. You're right. in the environment. You, you suck right I got into, into the yeah. right environment. And, uh, and from there, um, that uh, built in my resume. Because I, I had no golf experience resume that people would look at me and okay. say, do yeah. you want to hire this guy as, right. a, uh, as a club pro? Yeah. So that opened the door. Yeah. And, and so, so you had no resume for it. How what, did you show him what you could do? Or is that he wanted to say? You know, no, they, they actually uh, they started me right from the bottom. And uh, okay. I mean, the first job I had was picking a range and uh, cleaning the golf balls. Oh, okay. and, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, working your way in there to get to know yeah, you. Working in the bag room. And I found out that the bag room job that I had was better than working in the pro shop. I was making more money, and yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, yeah. I, I did that. And from there, I uh, we we got golfing privileges. And uh, at this particular club, which had uh, three golf courses, we had somewhere around 25 PGA uh, golf professionals that played out of that facility. And you know, it, it was funny. Uh, I would I would practice every day, and and it was an old timer that was working there, and he was in his 70s, and and he used to, I was, used to observe him practicing, and, and I talked to some of the young guys, and they said, oh, that's Charlie uh, Huckleby, and, and nobody recognized him or anything right. like that. And I said, do you play golf with him? Oh, no, no, no. So I went up to him, and I invited myself to play golf with him, and I found out that uh, he had a couple of top 10 finishes in the U.S. Open, and, uh, and he went out, and he taught me how to play, and uh, back then it was old Bermuda grass. Yeah, yeah. And he taught me how to play in, in Florida golf, and uh, I got an education from him to uh, 
to playing in a different golf environment and we became friends and he taught me yeah. another another old timer that was given back yeah. you know well you, you know what it is you have the uh you have the uh kind of a laid-back attitude not threatening attitude which you always had you know you always have a good personality and they like that they don't want any hot shot come in think he's a wise guy but you're going to talk to you and you're going to show you and you're going to listen and they already they already probably at that point know that you got some stuff together you know and Golf is golf is very humbling because no matter what a person looks like, you don't know what his ability is, yeah. and it can yeah. be very deceitful. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, that's for sure. you yeah. can look at yeah. you can look at the guy that looks like the athlete and he can't hit it past his shoelaces, right. and then you look at this other guy that yeah. looks like a cream puff, and you're going, man, this guy can hit yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and it, that's and that's the that when you say humbling, you know, you can't be a big shot not know what you're doing and go out there and try to be a big shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but with, uh, yeah. with golf, you can, uh, if, you, if, if you allow yourself to observe other people on the golf course, right. you can always learn something. Right. And you learn something about their character. You right. learn something about their golf swing, right. uh, their persona or whatever. It's, it's, uh, you, can, you can learn a lot on the golf course about people. It's a good place. Right, yeah. Do you do a lot of, do you, do you I know you're a, a reader and stuff, so the psychological, uh, do, you, do you read up a lot on psychology, on uh, teaching? And, I actually, uh, uh, actually, I spent, uh, I spent uh, two seminars with, uh, with Dr. Robert Winters out of uh, Lando, Florida, and he's a sports psychologist, and uh, he, uh, he trained uh, a lot of uh, prof- Professional golfers and their mannerism on how to uh, how to uh, they can behave themselves on a golf course. Right. So I, uh, I you know I got a, a nice uh, a nice little education with him uh, right. on uh, right. on how you uh, how your attitude should be, how right. you should be looking at bad shots, how right. you should be looking at good shots, how you should uh, level your emotions. Right. You know you'd be surprised how emotions pay uh, have a big uh, aspect to your uh to your golf performance so uh when you're out there and um if anyone ever played you know listen to the show played uh golf uh check the rule book it's probably uh what uh i don't know how thick (laughs) and uh so when you bring when you bring people out and all of a sudden i can i can almost picture you you're going out there and you're seeing this kid all over the place with the rules and the etiquette and everything's just completely off you and i can almost hear you Kind of sarcastic, like uh, you really can't do that. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, well, you, you got to learn some of the rules. You got to go. Here's a book. Here's a little rule book. Yeah. We uh, we do we and do again. have uh, we do have some people that uh, don't know the rules of golf. So, um, you know, and they've you, only been playing for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they they know the rules. It's yeah. their rules. Yeah, it's their rules. So yeah. especially in tournaments and uh, uh, well, you can't move it like that, sir. Well, I, I always do. <laughs> and uh, you know, and we have, uh, and, and I've I've encountered people that have violated rules and that stuff. And you got to be very diplomatic on how you enforce oh, them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. also have to look at uh, you have to look at uh, what does it mean the enforcement of that rule. What it, how is it going to affect the outcome of the uh, tournament? Right. Or the outcome of the match, or something like that. But you still so, have to enforce it, whether it's well. You can, it, there's, a, there's different ways of enforcing right, it. You right. know, you can bring it to somebody's attention. Without, oh, okay. Uh, or, or just yeah. if it's not going to really affect the match, and say, you know what, you you know, this is what you did wrong, and stuff like that. But 
it, in certain instances, if they're playing for something, then uh, sometimes you have to bring that, that rule forward and you have to make it stand. And, and it's up to them to understand what the rule is. Well, that's, I mean, we, we just talked about before the show, Matsuyama uh, got disqualified this week. Now, his, <coughs> his caddy himself, his coaches, they must know the rules for what he did. And when he mocked his club the way he did, uh, they disqualified him. Now, you've golfed this much, you've won PGA tournaments, and you didn't know that rule? That's got to be one of the easiest rules. I mean, you think about it, right? You're right. Well, I had 42 clubs in my, in my bag. I mean, what's wrong with that? I, you know what I'm saying? Right. So if, if these professionals kind of don't, imagine like a guy like myself, you know, a weekend golfer. They, you know, I think that sometimes people get caught up in the moment. And uh, it, they're they're focused on certain things, and and uh, you know his caddy it is his caddy's responsibility it's to a, understand that and to know, yeah, to make sure that he is abiding by the rules right. and that. So it's, I right. mean they are they are a team, and I think that's very important. So I'm wondering if a guy like that has done it every tournament, and does that affect his PGA? But they couldn't prove it anyway because they didn't call him on it then. No, so no, the game's no. over at that point. But yeah. How long has he been doing? It's just for that. It's just for that tournament. That tournament, yeah. Well, you must see. You must have some stories that you. That's what I'm saying. You could write a book on the stories that people do and what you've seen in the in games. Yeah. Because I don't. Play, I haven't played probably uh, a, a tenth of what you've played in your life, uh, and I could tell you stories. That what I think. It, I think the funniest part. The funniest thing is the way that people uh, behave. Uh, on the golf course, you know, like you can be in a, uh, in an environment where you're dealing with the most affluent people. And it's, uh, and it's funny because when they come through the gates of, uh, on the property of the golf course, it's like everything that made them successful kind of disappears. And you're wondering where this person came from. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. sometimes the questions that you get are are so ridiculous, and you're looking at it and you're saying, "This this is a CEO of a corporation yeah. asking me this question." You know, it yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a very humble it's a very humbling game, and it, and you know, it I've been very fortunate because of my teaching ability is to meet some of the most affluent people in the country and right. being able to uh to teach them right, and right, right, uh, yeah. looking at people that are very successful in what they do and they're coming to you for uh for, for a golf lesson right. you know i mean i've had neurologists uh, uh orthopedics uh, top attorneys ceos of major corporations and you were doing it when you were teaching taekwondo yeah, we're talking lawyers and some doctors, uh, you know, pretty affluent people, and they'd come in white belt, and you're the black belt, and you're showing this. You remember? So it kind of y- your life has been revolving around teaching somebody something. Yeah, everybody, and, uh, they want what you got, they and want that's it. yeah. Can you, can you please show me? Yeah, right. That's, that's and but there's no shortcut, and but they're looking also when they pick out a teacher, they're looking for creativity. And you need, uh, you know, if you're dealing with uh, very high type A personalities, those people come to you, they need a challenge. And every time they come to you, you have to give them a new challenge. And you have to, you can teach them the same thing, but you got to have a different method to teaching the same thing. And because they they get bored very easily. So you got to, you got to make it challenging for them. And the more you make it challenging, the more they come back. And that's what I try to do is, is to, to make it 
make them hungry to come back. There must be nothing more uh, gratifying for yourself is uh, you've been teaching someone here and there, and they win a tournament, or they come in place in a tournament, and then they come back, and it's like, well, yeah, you, you did well, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I've, yeah. Had, I've had a few of those that yeah. uh, I, I haven't had anybody on the PJ Tour, no, but right, I've had but them on the amateur level. Amateur level, I'm saying, because yeah. they're from scratch, yeah. and all of a sudden, they've done well, and it's your technique that you've given them. I had a I had a youngster that uh, that I was able to touch at eight years old, and uh, he ended up winning the uh, uh, the Mass Am, and uh, and I remember having him as a as a junior teacher, and being you know I didn't touch him all the time, but I started with him at a very young age and yeah. was able to give him right, something right. at, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old. And, and he and, just uh, kept going and going. And, yeah, and then he kept going and, uh, and I moved on, he moved on and he yeah. became very good at it. Wow. You know? So, I, I mean, that's, those are, you like that. You oh, like to see. Sure. That's what it's about. That that's you touch, you can touch a youngster. I got my granddaughter now that uh, I touched her and uh, she's got a great golf swing. But she's not golfing. She's doing softball. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's the uh, she's the star on a team as yeah. a shortstop, and yeah, uh, yeah. and so yeah. we can't we can't change her uh, her softball swing to her golf swing. So right. we'll let her yeah. do softball, and yeah. and that's part of the thing that we were talking about in the beginning of this podcast is that you know getting them rounded with uh, different hand eye coordinated. Uh, right. uh, uh, Sports. Right. I mean, hand-eye coordinated sports are very important, right. and golf is one of those hand-eye coordinated sports. You know, and, right. uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it's uh, uh, hockey players seem to uh, grasp it a little bit yeah. better. I've than, noticed uh, that yeah. hockey players. They and a basketball so well. player. I've had. I've done clinics for the Celtics uh, in the off season uh, uh, in their training camp, and we. I used to have uh, uh, the Bruins training camp at one of the facilities that I worked at, and so wow. I get all the young That's Bruin so guys come down, yeah, yeah. and so after they got beat up in the rink, they'd come yeah. down and uh, want to take some golf lessons <laughs> or play golf and that stuff. So I've had, yeah, yeah. I've had a few of those guys that uh, I get to. S- uh, I got to touch them and, right. and see how they would uh, evolve and, right. and yeah. learn uh, yeah. golf. But it was kind of easy with the hockey players because I was being taught. I was taught by the NHL uh, hockey player, right. and, and so yeah. he used relate. a lot of that right. uh, yeah. technique. You know, um, I had the uh, I had the, uh, the pleasure of uh, spending a little time with uh, Dwight Evans, and uh, when Dewey retired from the Red Sox. Yeah. And we played golf together, and and uh, and Dewey hadn't played uh, golf, and he was uh, at the time he was at Ferncroft Country Club, and he was looking to get into Salem, and we're playing golf and that stuff. And he said to me, "I can throw the ball further than I can hit it." Wow! wow. <laughs> and I and I and I said, I said, but I said, but you hit the you hit the uh, yeah. baseball so well in that stuff. Yeah. I said, why is it that it's so difficult for you to hit the golf yeah. ball? Yeah. And he said, because all my life, my hand-eye coordination was extended to the end of my hand. So if you reach your arm in front of your body, he says, that's where my hand-eye coordination stopped. He says, now I'm looking down at a ball on the ground that's twice that length. And he says, and that, he says, I have to adapt to. Wow. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, he, he, there's another guy that he knows. He knows what he knows. What but he, perse- about, yeah. he persevered and and uh, and figured it out. Well, you know, but because he's a, uh, an athlete. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It, well, you know, it's too. And so say, and, and you know, with all the coordination and all that, but to to be in competition, 
or to be, you know, when we went to competitions. Oh, you also, uh, uh, Bob Jacobs, also a um, uh, international referee. Right. International referee of Taekwondo. Uh, you remember when they wouldn't come out to the uh, rink because I was I was the uh, referee. Yeah. The, I don't know if you remember that oh, one. I remember right? a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I the, uh, I'm going to disqualify yeah. that guy. He got five minutes to get into the rink. Right? They, they, we don't want him. You, you yeah, we yeah. There was no BS when it come to you. You, you. And they didn't care who this guy was and who his instructor was. Right. Uh, you're gonna you were fair with them, and that was yeah. supposed to be. But what I'm saying is, so the competition, you, you know, whether it's baseball, football, taekwondo, whatever, um, you're so used to the competition, you're so used to not getting over emotional. You know, some people get over emotional. I need the shot, or I'm. But you get so used to that, you kind of get numb to it, or you just you, you settle in with the confidence. I do have the swing. I'm gonna just let it happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, 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 you know, I remember playing in a club, and we were playing for, uh, we were playing a playoff in the Calcutta. So it was my first time that I, that I have a chance to win the Calcutta, and uh, there was a lot of money involved in it. We were talking like maybe fifteen thousand yeah, dollars or yeah. something like that in the club, and and my partner and I are on the first tee, and I remember that adrenaline oh, going shit. into my body. Grand, I would imagine, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and. We uh, and and and, uh, the, and having the whole club come out to watch you yeah, on uh, the uh, in a playoff on the playoff. first tee, oh, and geez. that was my first experience of. Uh, yeah. And you know, it, it's funny because when you're at that level and you go out and you and you play golf, you uh, you feel nervous because I don't know why you feel nervous because you you you, you don't yeah. expect to be there, right. but then when you look at a when you look at a. Uh, a professional golfer and he's in the and he's inside the ropes he expects to be there so right. he's not nervous right. he feels that this is where i belong this is my venue so he can walk down inside the ropes and right. feel very relaxed and i think that um that we all strive for that that energy to harness that energy so a high. that it's a high you get yeah you're getting that but high. relax you're, right yeah, an addictive high and, and when you think that Ten footer for the victory or whatever. There's no other higher in the world. And <laughs> no well, it's funny because when you're competing in Taekwondo and you're in you're in a, you're in a match, and the other guy's out there to take your head off. Yeah. Your adrenaline is something that you can feed on, but you can you can explode that energy right. on him. Right. But no when you're in golf, that energy is you to the golf ball, and you have to harness that with a calmness. Right. And uh, not and be crazy, yeah. and not be crazy, yeah. and not be nervous or anything. Because like I mean, that. I, you think about it, and I watch. I, I love watching golf, and I play at uh, DraftKings and stuff. So I could play as that I'm, I'm rooting for, uh, so that they can win me some big money. But uh, imagine you, know, you get a, a five foot putt. Uh, it's going to be PGA Championship, millions and millions and millions of dollars in winnings and endorsements. You got to make this. I'd fall apart. <laughs> I'd have a breakdown, right? There. I can see my hands shaking, and if you miss it, you've come in fifth. <laughs> you know, you know, I um, somebody uh, uh, somebody uh, I mentored. Uh, well, actually, I, I spent a little time with uh, a, a person who was uh, also played on tour. His uh, name is Paul Moran, and Paul played on a uh, regular tour and a Champions Tour, and uh, but never had never never had uh, a win, but. 
he told me that there were levels of competition and he says you have to go through the levels of competition it's a growing process and he says the first one is to get into a top 10 he says then you're going to get into contention and you're going to you know you're going to get into the top three yeah. he says and then is winning he says and, and it's all three different levels that you have to uh you have to adapt to right. and and there's nervousness on every one of those oh, levels yeah, yeah, yeah. but you'll become comfortable but right. it takes winning to become comfortable and and not only that and i don't know if superstition you don't have any superstition do you yeah yeah i do <laughs> I <can only> <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. shoe oh my left my right first no no no, no my 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 golf my driver golf club has to sit in the golf bag all right okay uh, when, I, when i'm in the driver so it I, has to it has to sit yeah. in the golf because bag. one time it didn't you you, you no it doesn't matter oh, it no? just has to sit yeah. there that's why i don't know what's going to happen if it doesn't yeah, but, yeah. uh wow it's that's, just uh yeah, yeah. Know, i think there's uh i think if you really look at some people in golf there's a lot of superstition oh, in golf any sport any sport and and all of a sudden say you, you got a championship game that day and uh you're on the the 18th hole the last <laughs> hole or you know whatever and uh you that superstition you say oh this just happened <laughs> oh no I, I picked up my uh i picked up my club the wrong way so but uh that's funny i uh because i always had little superstitious things in everything i do because it, when I at one point I did it and I did it I did things well, I says then I'm gonna make sure that I do it the same way. Then it, then then all of a sudden that can, that can be obsessive. You don't want to get to that, bro. You don't want to get in that groove. Believe me. I um you know yeah, it's funny when we were talking about uh, competition and that stuff. I remember refereeing right. uh, you and Major battle oh, yeah. together, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. you being one of my close friends, yeah. and I have to referee this, and right. you're fouling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to, uh, I don't know. Yeah, points against me, and yeah, but I filed, and it's, and I have the whole thing on film. I did file, but uh, I deserved, I deserved anything that happened to me. That you, but I had to, but I had to tell you. I remember in that bout going up to you and saying, "Listen, Bob, I don't want to." I don't want to disqualify you, yeah. but don't uh, do that again. Don't do it again. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? I have video of it. He just and, and the thing was, he come down and crashed a, uh, an axe kick, and he, I think he broke my nose at the time. And my instinct was just to punch him straight in the face, and, and that's what I did. And that's totally against the rules. You can't throw. Well, that's because you grew up in Lowell. Well, <laughs> I knew I didn't want to do that, but it, it just come out of me. And, I, and and we're really good friends. Major was on the podcast, been on the Taekwondo show. Um, we wanted to get together and do some little documentary work, um, and uh, I apologize. So he apologizes for breaking my nose twice because <laughs> we fought. We fought yeah. twice, and uh, I, I apologize for. But there's a whole story about me punching him like that, uh, and we won't get it. It's another person who's a famous person today. I don't know if you. We'll talk about it after. But anyway, uh, uh, so so Bob, you got to come back, and and we'll get some stories together. Um, all right. Uh, it, I, this is so enjoyable because, um, as I say, you know, we go way back. Uh, and, and when I talk 50 years ago, we kind of started around 50 years. Imagine. And here we are still banging around like crazy kids. Uh, and if anyone was 60, 67, if anyone was that edge, I'd say, well, that guy is old. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. know what? I, I think that uh, our lifestyles uh, make us young. Yeah, yeah. And, in and our, our family life, we've had really good luck with family life. 
great, good kids, grandkids. Right. That keeps you young. But, you know, at this point, it's nice to give back. And yeah. I think that... Uh, you have a good attitude with people. As yeah. you said, everyone had, deserves a chance. And I, I'm a firm believer in karma. Right. And I believe if you treat someone terrible, you deserve to be treated terrible. That's my whole philosophy in life. So treat everyone with the respect that you want. Grandmaster Lee taught us that, too. Right. Uh, okay. I've never met a more humble man in my whole life, and it was probably the greatest martial artist I've ever, I've known. He is the greatest. But uh, and um, for a guy from Korea, after our workouts, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. And and you don't complain. No, don't, don't ever complain. We never complain. No. You know. And uh, it's funny because I get to uh, I, I I still see some of the guys, uh, not many. Pelletier, Gary Pelletier, and Jack Shudo. Those are all friends of ours. Right. Remember the parties we would have? Right. Halloween parties. And, uh, it, it, and, but, and everyone just goes in their own ways over the years. And I, I even, Jamie Proctor, you remember Jamie Proctor? And I said, Jamie, what happened? You know, because we lost him for a long time. Even He goes, life. And I love that answer. Life happened. Yeah. And you so have, we are. You've, you've got to follow. You've got to follow what's going to make you some money. Live life, and, love and, life. And enjoy life. Yeah, and, and that now you've got some beautiful grandchildren, um, children and grandchildren. Uh, I, I, your daughter, Alyssa, was on the show just a, about a month ago uh, running for school committee. And I, school committee, she should run for state senate. That is one of the most smart. <laughs> that's the smartest woman I've ever talked to in my life. It's just unbelievable. And uh, um, that's what I said. That's what keeps you young. That's yeah, be careful young. not to debate her. <laughs> After the show, we talked, and she says, oh, yeah, me and my father have some really heated conversations about politics. And I says, oh, I can only imagine, <laughs> I can imagine with the facts, because she's a facts person. Wow, she, she uh, knows what she's talking about, that yeah. girl. Uh, she, will not, she will not throw a fact at you without researching it. Oh. And then my, my son-in-law is a data scientist, so uh, that's all. No, my, oh. uh, my other daughter's husband, okay. and so all he does is look up uh, things. <laughs> And you gotta, you gotta be ready. And you still argue with them. Right? Uh, no, you, no, I still I, debate with them. I just, I use him to argue with Alyssa. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah this is she told me. She says, "Don't get it, start talking politics with him." I says, "Well, we're Facebook friends. I already know what it is. I already know what it is." <laughs> he says, he's, "He's pretty passionate, which is good. I mean, we are, we're passionate. Well, we're passionate whatever we do. I'm right. gonna be passionate whatever I do, and uh, it, it's just the way you are. That's what's keeping you going." And then you're, yeah. you're exhausted, but too bad. Go to bed, go to sleep. Next day, I'll see you tomorrow, and we'll, uh, we'll start all over again. You know? Beautiful. Well, Bob, that's, it's, been a, it's been a fun hour. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again. All right. Thank and you. Thank you so much, Bob.